Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. We had a great night on Friday night with the young people at Culture and yeah, great bunch. And instead of singing, we had beach balls going crazy all over the place. It was amazingly COVID safe and awesome. And um, yeah, very, very good night. Well, God will use anything, won't he? (laughs) And um, let me just pray this morning before we get into it. Lord, we just ask that you'd speak to us this morning, that you would have your way and that you would use all these situations for your glory, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Well, I'm going to dive straight in. And as you can see up there, I'm going to sort of continue a little bit on from last week where I spoke about the wells of life and different wells that pop up. And uh, I read, obviously, Uh, from Genesis 26, where Isaac and his family were rejected at multiple wells uh, and they had accusations and disputes at some wells because he was so prosperous. And then he gets to a third well where finally he has open space and peace and that's where he decides to settle. I want to kind of continue on there, but we're going to read from 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. I'm actually going to read from the message version um, so I, I think it flows really well. 1 Kings 17, uh, 18 to 16 says, Eventually the brook dried up because of the drought. Then God spoke to him, Get up and go to Zarephath in Sidon and live there. I've instructed a woman who lives there, a, wood- a widow, to feed you. So he got up and went to Zarephath. As he came to the entrance of the village, he met a woman, a widow, gathering firewood. He asked her, please would you bring me a little water in a jug? I need a drink. As she went to get it, he called out, and while you're at it, would you bring me something to eat? She said, I swear as surely as your God lives, I don't have so much as a biscuit. I have a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a bottle. You found me scratching together just enough firewood to make uh, a last meal for my son and me. After we eat it, we'll die. Elijah said to her, Don't worry about a thing. Go ahead and do what you've said. But first make a small biscuit for me and bring it back here. Then go ahead and make a meal from what's left for you and your son. This is the word of the Lord of Israel. The jar of flour will not run out and the bottle of oil will not become empty before God sends rain on the land and ends this drought. And she went right off and it and did it, just as Elijah asked. And it turned out as he had said, daily food for her and her family. The jar of meal didn't run out and the bottle of oil didn't become empty. God's promise fulfilled to the letter exactly as Elijah had delivered it. What a great passage, a great promise. Talking about wells of life, I know this isn't particularly a well, it's a brook, but it's very similar to a well. And it was a way of blending it in because we journey through life in different ways and there are times where the well dries up or the brook dries up. That 
Whatever it is in life, the living water, the situation, whatever's going on around us, sometimes it dries up. Our question has got to be, is it God drying it up or are we drying it up? Or it can be the enemy drying it up, like I explored last week. There's different angles we can look at things. But I want to just read an interesting, I don't know, I suppose it's journal entries from one of my favorite fathers in the faith, John Wesley. And John Wesley was a young man in his early 20s, okay, early 20s. Often when we think of founding fathers of the faith or of denominations, we think of them with big, long, white beards and, you know, 60, 70-year-olds. No, these are, these are young men. Wesley and Whitfield, very young men, you know, wet behind the ears, some would say. And uh, so he's in that stage. He's been to Oxford. He's a learned man, multiple languages, Hebrew, Greek, everything, you know, Latin. Is uh, a very well-educated young man, and he's training uh, for the priesthood, so to speak, and to be in the clergy. And so here's some of his experience. This is his journal entries. Okay, I'll give you the dates. So it says, Sunday morning, May 5th, preached at St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. <laughs> Sunday p.m., May the 5th, preached at St. John's. Deacon said, get out and stay out. <laughs> Sunday a.m., May the 12th, a week later, preached at St. Jude's. Can't go back there either. Sunday p.m., that, that night, May the 12th, preached at St. George's, kicked out again. Sunday a.m., May 19, one week later, preached at St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called a special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday that same night, May 19, preached on the street, kicked off, kicked off the street. Sunday a.m., May 26, preached in a meadow, chased out of meadow as a bull was turned loose during the services. Sunday a.m., June the 2nd, preached out of the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m., June the 2nd, that Sunday night, afternoon service, preached in a pasture, 10,000 people came to hear me. Interesting, isn't it? When God dries up the well, he'll send us somewhere else and do great things. Never underestimate, if the brook is dry, have a look for that small cloud of rain that's on the horizon. Because he's always got something for us to turn to. He's always got a supernatural opening that we can't see while we're hanging by the brook. We might be begging God, please send, send water in the brook, send water in the brook. I need water in this brook right now. But all the while he's saying, go on, get out in the pasture. I have 10,000 people waiting for you. John Wesley never would have experienced what he did in great awakening across the face of the earth and just phenomenal, phenomenal things happening at his meetings and untold millions really brought into the kingdom because of that. Why? Because he was willing to keep preaching the gospel even though the church of the day was just booting him out. And there's many more accounts of this, by the way. This is just a few. He, he was just royally rejected by the church of the day. I mean, they, they despised him. He was preaching the gospel. He was wearing the right robe. He had the weird hairdo. I mean, he looked the part. 
But the hand of God was on him to specifically move on from a very, very dry brook. Because that's what the church was like in the day. Society was so dry spiritually, so weak, powerless. And, and God trains up these young men who come with, filled with the Spirit of God. But he had to dry up the well to get them out. Who knows? If COVID got a whole lot worse, we might have to be worshipping out on the oval out there. I've been thinking about that. If we can't sing in here, we have to sing out there. It's okay. We'll just go. It's not too far. We can just cram everything out there and the neighbours can join in. God will always provide a way to get his glory. He's not scared. He's not fearful. He's not worried about what's going on. And I know you're as wise as me. When it comes to the media, it is ridiculous how much noise they are making about such a little thread of a virus in our nation. I mean, there's barely any virus. One person in ICU in the nation, I heard yesterday. One person. And yet you would think there's an avalanche of virus going to jump on us at any turn of the eye. So we've got to be wise, and, and we're not mocking, but at the same time, we're wise. We, we face reality. We look at facts. We look at what's going on around us. And so there comes a time where God will get his way even if he has to push us in certain ways. And so looking at this passage here, I think there's a couple of things that really strike me as, as important. That um, when Elijah was coming to this woman in particular, we, we note that she recognizes that he's a prophet, he's a man of God. So, but there's a lot of fear in her. And this is what we can be like sometimes when we're facing a situation. There's a lot of fear that rises up uh, because we don't quite know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? And so let me just uh, explain a couple of things, if I can, of the way I see it. I really love water. And so talking about brooks and wells and dams and things, I, I have a fascination with water. My family knows it. I've dug channels in from the road to make sure more water comes onto our property and feeds the waterways of all of the farms in the local area. And uh, water is life. Water really is life. And so um, I take a lot of note of water. And when a dam is dry, let me tell you, you don't want to be drinking that water when there's just a tiny little bit left. It's highly concentrated with all sorts of things. And it's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things in there. And so fresh water means everything. And this is a picture of our lives. We need to be making sure we're getting fresh water. If we're not getting fresh water in, and what I mean is the Word of God, the truth of God, these strong things that hold us through the tough times, but sometimes we love to stay by the brook that we're comfortable with and that we really, we really like this brook. So we're asking God to bless the brook when he's saying, get in the pasture. And there might be little things in our life that we ho we're holding on to. I, I want water in the brook. I want water in that well. Come on, God, bless me. Do it my way. And he say, come on, I have a better way. I have a better way. I have a better way to preach. I don't want you stuck inside dead churches. I want you outside in the pastors so I can bring 10,000 people to come and listen. 
You never know what miraculous opening is awaiting you when you move on from the dry brook. I want to encourage you, even if it's one person here, move on from the dry brook. Let me tell you, it's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. God has bigger things. He has better things. He has provision for you. And we see this with the, uh, the widow, with Elijah, and he addresses her in faith and says, don't worry, I know you haven't got much. Now, this took a lot of faith for the widow. Can you imagine with your last supplies in the cupboard, just the last supplies, and you've got your son there, and you've got to feed him, and this man commands of you to use the last of your supply to feed him. And so you're looking at the cupboard, you're looking at your son, you're looking at this man, and you're like, okay, all right, he said it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust. So when we step out in faith, even with our last reserves, God will provide. Never doubt the word of the Lord and his faith for your life. Even if you don't feel like it, open up Scripture and read something like this passage here and say, God, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to stand on your word. The, bl- the brook is dry. The pantry's empty. But you've said it, so I'm going to do it. And this is what we do with giving. This is what we do with faith. It's what we do with prayer. It's what we do with believing. And even though our flesh doesn't want to believe, our spirit has to take control and say, I am going to choose to believe. I'm sure you're facing something right now where the pantry's looking empty. Maybe it's in your own mind. Maybe it's in your bank account. Maybe it's in a job or a relationship or a scenario going on in your life and the pantry is nearly, nearly empty. Let me tell you, hang on the Word of God. Hang on that Word of God. Whatever it is He's given you, hang on that Word. And sometimes you have to hang on just with one last little thread, but it'll get you through. And God will provide supernatural provision. And this is what he does in this passage. And basically, this woman has supernatural provision in her pantry every day until God sends the rain. He will always look after you. Never doubt whether God loves you, whether he'll look after you, whether he'll provide for you. I believe God's plan for all of us in this room is that no one misses out on the inheritance of the kingdom. No one misses out on the inheritance. But we have to believe. We have to believe. We have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to stand for him. And then we have to walk in faith. There's probably journeys in our life right now that you can think of that you probably need to activate some faith. I know for me it's the same. We have to activate some faith. The great promise of this passage here is, and this is, sums up everything I'm trying to say, is if we will have faith just like the widow, the rain will come. The rain will come. Whatever you're asking the Lord for, if you will stand in faith, if you will trust Him with your life, with your prayer, and you will lay down, you'll say, okay, Lord, I'll leave the dry brook, I'll, I'll go out. I'll go out, I'll go forth, I'll go wherever you're leading me. If you will do that, I guarantee you this, the rain will come in your life. The blessing will come in your life. The promotion will come in your life. Whatever it is you're asking the Lord for, it will happen. Why? Because he's a rewarder of faith. He loves it when we stand in faith. And there's this tension in our lives spiritually 
that we love to be comfortable. We love to have things around us. We, we actually don't like pain. I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't like pain in life. Um, you know, there might be one person that does, but rarely in life. We don't like pain. We don't like relational pain. We don't like physical pain. We don't like hunger pains. We don't like um, any pain. You name it. We just don't like it as a human race these days. We're not used to it. And so we basically cushion ourselves in every direction. The danger is we've lost how to stand in faith and contend. Because it takes some pain in the flesh to believe God and to stand in faith and actually get through with persistence and contend for something. I want to tell you, if you contend with God for something good, He loves it. Contend with Him. Ask Him. Have perseverance in prayer. Even suffer through some of that doubt and that fear. But stand on his word because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what the Bible says. He will reward you when you seek him. Seek him with all your heart. He will hear, he will see, and he will send the rain. I want you to stand this morning. You know, I realized we put out on social media it's going to be a shorter service. So I figure we better deliver on that. (laughs) Because <laughs> I know some of you may have only come because it's a shorter service. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know it's the coffee. <laughs> anyway, so lift your hands and let's just stand and believe in faith for a minute. And uh, whatever it is in your life right now, maybe you've been pushing off some stuff. Maybe you haven't wanted to contend. Maybe you're too tired. Maybe you're too weary. Maybe it's just been a hard road the last Yeah, it's been tough. It's been lonely. It's been confusing. I want to tell you this morning, commit your way to the Lord. Diligently seek Him and He will provide. He will reward you. He is a loving heavenly Father. He's not a slave master. He loves you. If He will bless even the sparrows in the field, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he bless you? And he wants you to have an abundant life. So whatever it is, I want to ask you this morning, lay it down. Lay it down. If it's, if it's confusion, if it's doubts, if it's fears, if it's negativity, just lay it down at the foot of the cross this morning. And, and let's just spend a minute doing that because I believe God wants to get some things out of the way out of our lives so he can release us into the pasture, so he can release us into the greater things. You might feel like you've been kicked out. You might feel like you've been rejected. You might feel like the brook has dried up. I want to tell you, this is a perfect time to contend with the Lord and say, I'm going to believe you for bigger things. I'm going to hold you to your word. Get aggressive with him this morning. I'm going to hold you to your word, Lord. And I'm going to stand in faith and contend and watch he'll send the rain. He'll send the rain. So Lord, we're contending with you this morning and we're asking you, Lord, to send your reign, your promises, your deliverance. I pray for healing for the sick. I pray for faith in this situation. I pray for hope in the hopeless situations. I pray for restoration, for healing, for life. I pray that you would even stir us in a fresh new way to believe again, to see you again with fresh eyes, that you are a loving Heavenly Father. And that you will bless us when we stand in faith. And we say, come Holy Spirit, have your way. 
have your way in our lives. I pray blessing upon this region, this southern region. I pray blessing upon the next generation. I pray you would raise up John Wesley's and Whitfield's and so many others who will boldly be willing to step out for you and pray and contend and go where you're sending. And Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd lead us and guide us. Give us wisdom as the church. Give us wisdom as believers. And we give you all the glory and praise. We pray pray blessing upon Adelaide, blessing upon our city and upon our leaders. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.